Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brass Dadamis, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What up? Welcome into the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show, a proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network and the Fantrax HQ family. D. Mendy here, joined as always by Johnny Foosball. John, how sweet was that 8-8 eight and eight season for the Raiders this year? Hang the banner, baby. 8-8. Eight and eight. We're not losers anymore. In the words I'm, of Tom I'm, Cable, who immediately got fired after he said that. About <laughs> <a year ago. laughs> you guys were playoff contenders till like the last month of the season. I feel like that's what you can expect from this squad. You think you guys next year potentially 10-6? and six? New DC, yeah. New defensive coordinator. Jonathan Abram won't be the worst safety next year. Damon Arnett won't be the worst cornerback next year. So <laughs> only, only, only can go up for those two. I'll miss those pink braids, though, for sure. Uh, but we also have here, speaking of pink, the definition of a new year, new you, man. It's the Doc Eric Mendelson. What's going on? How is it new year, new me? I'm like the same person. Nah, you always are just trying to change who you are. So I figured that was your definition. You know, I thought you were going to say the 49ers season was over and I was going to have something clever and say, yeah, but betting season is still around. So I'll get that out there. Yeah, you're all horrible with your bets. You put your public Brady bet out there. <laughs> oh, and, man, uh, that, that is, that's still <laughs> sensitive. It's because Antonio Brown wanted a signing bonus. That's why I figured out I'm no longer a fan of Tom Brady anymore. F him. <laughs> well, that's, that's thanks for you, man. But on a better subject, rounding out the normal cruise, the man with the bass microphone, it's the Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore. What's up, man? Six and 10 playoffs on a one-legged quarterback team. I'm, I'm on cloud nine right now. Brad, sure... how much ASMR are you recording on that thing? <laughs> None, but I should start. I love it. <laughs> Brad, I was going to ask you because you're you had the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. That was your bold take a few weeks ago. I'm sure you've no, never no, hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I said if they made the playoffs, they're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's fair, but Got I'm it, sure yeah. you've never been more happy to be wrong about them not getting in, though, right? Wait, 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 Brad. Washington is seven and nine. All right, give them a little bit more respect. They're still under 500, but at least they only had single digit losses. It feels like six and ten, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I um, I, I, I'm actually probably not as happy as I should be because I'd rather us have a high pick and get a quarterback. But you know, playoffs are hard to come by. I'm happy to I'm happy to enjoy it while it's here. You're gonna be in for a wild ride with the playoffs this weekend. But we talked about six and ten, so that leads me right into Ooh. introducing our guest here. That's and me. We welcome in a man that some would say looks like Tyler Hansborough. The co-host. Uh, oh, all right, this is, thanks for having me on. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> yeah, Trash David. He's a lead writer for GoingForTwo.com <laughs> and a managing editor for the Sleeper Wire show. This Giants fan wants nothing to hear from you if you're associated with the city of Philadelphia. We are talking tonight with the man, Jay Policiano, a.k.a. G-Man Jay. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. And I'm with you, Brad. I am glad that... The Redskins are in the playoffs. Excuse me. Excuse me. The Washington football team still a habit. I got a break. Um, <laughs> I did not want to make the playoffs and lose in the first round just to get a pick that was eight picks later. Give me the the number eleven pick. So I, I'm of course it was shady. That's what Philadelphia is known for being shady. 
Uh, but I'm happy because I would much rather have the higher pick and get a chance. I hope they take, you know, one of these stud wide receivers that's going to be available. I was going to ask you. Going back. What, uh, what direction I, I they, they were going to go with with that pick? You know, now that we have Dave Gettleman, you never know. I was hoping that we would get rid of him. Although I got to say, he's made some really good moves in the offseason with Bradbury. Uh, Leonard Williams has really paid off. Uh, some of the other moves, you know, Logan Ryan has really shown out. Um, but I really hope that we've done enough on the defense. There's been enough improvement. We got to get Danny Dimes a number one wide receiver. You know, I love uh, Sterling Shepard. Slayton's a big play guy. Golden Tate's probably gone. We that's the thing that we're lacking. We don't have a an alpha dog wide receiver. And there's a couple of guys who, you know, if we could somehow land uh, Jamar Chase, I would just be just ecstatic. So we'll see. I'd take any of the guys to be honest with you. Well, it's, I'm glad we have you on the show tonight because I know yeah. that built-in frustration. Okay, hang on. What, one this. question. Go ahead. What's going on with Evan Ingram? Man, I don't know if he's eating popcorn before the games or something like that, but that man, he's Butterfingers now. I just, I don't get it. I was excited, you know, the way he started off his career, he was looking good, but you know what? Yeah. Also, he was, he had all that production when he was the only guy in the field. You know, it's, he's really dropped off That's anytime true. that Shepard's been back or, you know, Tate's been back. He, he hasn't been the same guy. He was that dominant receiver when he was the only one there, kind of like old uh, Travis Fulgham on uh, Philly. That's when he broke out when he was just him. So that's the only I, – I still like Ingram, um, but I don't think he's that next kiddle, that Kelsey that people thought when he uh, had a ridiculous rookie season. Would you trade him Would you trade him for like a third rounder? Not a third rounder. Second rounder I would. Third rounder I think it – yeah, I, I don't think I'd do it for a third rounder. I wouldn't be surprised if we did, to be honest with you. But me personally, I would, I would try to hold out for at least a second. And it wasn't from lack of targets either. Because he's got cause... the talent. And he was one of the, the three most heavily targeted tight ends in the league this year, too. So, uh, But, yeah. again, glad that we have you tonight because we need that that frustration from what you saw, that optimism for the coming season because we have some New Year's resolutions. So today on the show, we're going to be looking at eight like of it. the most popular New Year's resolutions made by many since we just passed into the new year. And we're going to add that fantasy football spin onto them. Our panel here are going to be able to break down these resolutions one by one so you can have the right mindset heading into next fantasy football season. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. What is the biggest success and the biggest mistake of your fantasy season? And as always, we have our game of the week at the end of the show uh, to shut the door. But first, let's get to our news and notes. News and notes. Let's start off with King Henry himself. In one weekend, became the back-to-back -back rushing leader, rushing champ, and he also became the eighth running back in the history of the NFL to rush for 2,000 yards in a season. So I want to say congratulations to him. My question to you guys, and Jay, you're the guest, so I'll start with you for this. Is he a Hall of Famer if he were to retire tomorrow? He's on the way. I would say he's not quite a Hall of Famer just yet. You know, he's like you said, he's only the eighth player in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards. That's something that you know, it, it's unbelievable, and he's back-to-back -back Russian champ. Um, but he started off his career slow, so he's only—he's not even at 6,000 yards for his career yet. I think I was looking it up before. 5,860 yards. Um, he's been dominant for the past few years, but he, he hasn't done it over a long enough stretch for me. He, he just He's still missing that, that deep playoff run, and I know that's not all him. You know, it's its the Titans. Um, I think if he they make a deep playoff run or if he looks good in the playoffs and he continues – 
obviously he's not going to rush for another 2000. You never know with this guy, but it's highly unlikely he ever does that again. But if he maintains, you know, his top dog status for the next few years, um, I think he's well on his way. I just think it's a little premature, premature to call him hall of famer right now. He's the first person to win the back-to-back rushing title since LT in 06, 07. And as it stands right now, every single person that's rushed for back-to-back titles is in the hall of fame. So that's another interesting twist to that. Brad, okay. the man, the man of wisdom, the man of knowledge. Brad, I want to go to you next here. What do you think? Is Derrick Henry a Hall of Famer if you retire tomorrow? Not even close. If he, uh, <laughs> if this was the Basketball Hall of Fame where they count your <laughs> entire basketball career from you know high school, college on up, maybe he'd be in because he had you know historic high school numbers and he's a Heisman winner in college. Um, that would be a little different story, but. As it stands now for his pro career, he's under 6,000 yards rushing. Um, he's got three 1,000-yard-plus seasons, which is cool, but he had 490 his rookie year and then under 800 his second year. Uh, if you look at pro football um, pro football references numbers, his Hall of Fame monitor right now is at 14.23, and the average running back for a Hall of Famer is at 107. So he's, oh, okay. he's far off. He needs, like, probably – three to four more seasons of this kind of production, then he'd be a shoe in. But as of that now, math doesn't even add up. He's only at a 14. He needs to be at a hundred. Yeah, man. I mean, like if you had three good seasons of anything, what would that put you in the hall of fame? Yeah, I guess not in the NFL for sure. Uh, Doc and, and Johnny foosball. Do you guys differ? Or you guys both agree? I think he's in, I mean, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. one more good year. But you talk about, I mean, how you don't see running backs like Adrian Peterson or Frank Gore that have super long careers, and a lot of them have turned into pass catchers as well. Derrick Henry is one of the few pure running backs left. I saw a stat today that he his rushing yards after the first half would have ranked fifth in the NFL. There's a big drop-off with rushing yards because so many uh, running backs are now dual threats. So he won the triple crown this year with rushing attempts, rushing yards and touchdowns, eighth player in the history to have 2000 yard season. I'd say one to two more decent years and he's a lock. Johnny. I I was going to uh, come off Eric a little bit and say, we do need to sort of change our expectations because uh, just the way football is, and it is such a, almost a dual running back league now. So it is hard to have just one bell cow running back like Derek Henry and I'm not worried about what he does in the playoffs. That Honestly, I'm not worried about what anybody does in the playoffs as like a detriment to me. If, if they don't do well, then don't hold against them. If they do great, that's something different. But playoffs especially, I feel like it's more of almost a quarterback stat, unless you're like Trent Dilfer. <laughs> there are Charles Trent Dilfer reference. Yeah, that's an interesting way to go. I like it. You won't come to five now. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Derrick Henry, if you look at it, the rushing leaders this year, it's Derrick Henry at over 2,000 and it's Dalvin Cook at like 1,500 and then it's down to Jonathan Taylor at like 1,100. So he just yeah. like, he, destroyed the field. He had double as many yards as like Josh Jacobs did and Josh Jacobs had like a relatively good season. <laughs> of course, there's a, a rate in there. Total yards? I mean, like, because Dalvin Cook's in the passing game. Like, it's, No, no, it was, it was just strictly rushing yards. Yeah, okay. Um, but again, 
I also am kind of interested, and we'll save this for another day, the MVP discussion, because I think he deserves more love for that than he's going to get. But let's move to the next bit of news here. The Cleveland Browns finally made the postseason after 18-year drought. This will be in the – they'll actually be in the playoffs for the first time since 2002. They face off against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who they just played last week. So I'm curious, Brad, I'll start with you for this one. Is there any chance that they beat the Steelers? Or no, no changes, no changes to that based on all their COVID nonsense that just came out. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're still the same team as far as it just looked like the coaching staff was what hit more than the players. And an offensive right? tackle too, I think. Oh, did yeah. an offensive tackle get it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I missed and they, that. And they're not able to practice. <laughs> before before the practice so it sounds like we're all very low on the optimism. <laughs> and that doesn't even count the anxiety of not knowing if you're next. Like it's just it's pretty much an outbreak on that team and. I don't know. I think the the mental aspect is just as important as the the physical aspect and not knowing if you're going to bring something home to your family or if you got it or if you're like Denzel Ward who's coming off of it and you don't know if you're going to be back 100%. Like I I I can't imagine that they're going to have the the juice that it takes to to win a playoff game and not that the Steelers are looking that great either, but at least they're healthy. So, um I I definitely get the Steelers edge. Doc, you're the betting man, even if you're wrong most of the time. Are you all in betting the Steelers? I mean, I already bet the Steelers' money line before the line changed today because you got to get in on the the early ones before uh, news comes out. I just think it's interesting. Cleveland's had like a three-week outbreak. It hit the wide receivers first, then they were missing some players last week, and now it hit the coaching staff. seems like they haven't got it under control and like, all right, that's awesome. They made the playoffs, but if you get bounced in the first round, and I don't anticipate it being a close game. I guess that's not as much to celebrate. Johnny, any Cleveland optimism or no? No, I'm more curious on what it would take for the NFL to push this game, a playoff game to like a Tuesday or mm-hmm. something. Because I, I know they, they can't cancel it because it would throw off the whole schedule. Pushing it to a Tuesday kind of throws off the whole schedule too. Mm-hmm. But I think it should be, I think it should be kind of punitive, right? Like it's, it's been demonstrated that if you're doing the right things, if you're wearing masks, if you're following all the protocols, an isolated incident won't, you know, knock out a whole I, I right? just think the issue is if they aren't catching people with the tests, then it spreads to the team that wins or something, and that's not a good look either. Like, oh, now now the Steelers got an outbreak from the Browns, even though, like, just because they beat them. I yeah. want to go to Jay. Jay, what do you think? If it wasn't for all this COVID stuff, I would say they got a pretty good shot just because the Steelers have proven that they're not quite the, the caliber of the undefeated teams that we've seen in the past. However, like you guys have said, you know, not practicing the stress of do I have it? Do I not have it? Um, you know, I just I don't see a way that they're going to be able to pull this off, especially not having their head coach. I think it was an offensive coordinator. Uh, not, you know, their their strength is a running game and not having I think it was one of their best offensive linemen. I don't remember who it was. I was reading it earlier. Um, and whether it's true or not, I don't know. Supposedly they said that this is unrelated, which I don't see how it could be unrelated to any of the other outbreaks that they've had so far um, that it was like five different strains. So it all came from different places. Again, I don't know how true that is, but that's what they're claiming. The story is right now. Yeah. 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 So I just, if it wasn't, I've, I really think they would have had a shot if it wasn't for all this going on, but uh, especially not be, you know, the facilities being shut down that that's just, you know, huge when you're playing your first and not all these guys, but the team is playing, their first playoff game in 18 years. It's just, it's going to be too much to overcome. It's a very poopy situation to say the least, but <laughs> that was thrown in there intentionally there. Are we talking about uh, the Ravens or the Browns? Talking about the, the team that has the same color. <laughs> uh, but 
Next bit of news here. Vikings wide, rookie wide receiver sensation Justin Jefferson passed Randy Moss for the most receiving yards in a season for a Vikings rookie and also passed Anquan Bolden for most receiving yards in a season uh, by a, whole, a rookie in general, not just a Vikings rookie. So really quick, because we, we're not going to dive into ranking stuff yet. That's going to come in the coming months. But just as it stands right now, really quick in 30 seconds or less, Doc, is he a top 10 wide receiver next year? I'd have him 9-10. Johnny? Yes, he's only going to get better. I mean, he, he was a rookie <laughs> and hey, didn't Jay. have a full offseason. <laughs> That's true, Jay. Yep, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think it's back end, back end of the top 10, but I definitely think he's in there. Brad? It's top five season for the boy. Ooh, Uh-oh, top like five. It. Brad already getting spicy. I love it. <laughs> but uh, this I want to save this for the last one here. Washington won the NFC East. But that's not the storyline. It's the Eagles. It's a lot to unpack. I want to let Jay get the the floor here uh, to start this <laughs> off because as a Giants fan, I know you're happy about the draft pick, but the process I know must have been just incredibly irritating. Can you just explain your thoughts about the whole incident? If you think they threw the game, if you think honestly it, yeah. was, it came down from you know up top, it was a Doug Peterson thing. Like, what are your thoughts on the, how everything went down? Yeah, although you know, even if I was wanting the Giants to win the division and make it into the playoffs. The Eagles don't owe the Giants anything, and I do think it was a little shady the way things were done. I do think that they were throwing the game uh, to try to get the better pick because I don't buy the whole we need to see what Nate Sudfeld can do. If you're trying to evaluate anybody, it's you're looking to see if you truly believe that Hurts is the guy that you're going to roll with next year and get rid of Wentz, you know, even if they have to eat some money. Um, so while I don't agree with how it was done, I don't fault them either because, like I was saying, they got no responsibility to try to do what's best for the Giants. They got to do what's best for the Eagles organization. Um, I don't think it was handled properly because apparently there were a lot of players that had no idea that was going to happen. Some coaching staff that didn't know that was going to happen. It was just a select few. Um, I know Miles Sanders came out and a couple other players. Supposedly there were players that had to be held back from going up and approaching Doug Peterson about it. You know, you give these guys uh, and Joe Judge said it best today. You know, everybody talks about the guys who opted out. These guys opted in. You know, they they put themselves at risk. They put their families at risk. Um, and to have it come down to something like that, I think, is shady. Again, I don't blame them. You know, it's their prerogative. They got to do what's best for the Eagles. I just I don't like the way it happened. And you got to take into account too. They have a lot of veterans on that team. Jason Kelsey most likely is probably going to retire. Carson Wentz might have played his last game in Philly. Zach Ertz retiring or, or going to go to a different team. A lot of veterans there that had to stomach that, especially if they didn't see it was coming. And it's not envious to be the Eagles right now. There's 75 million over the cap as it stands right now. So they are in a very real at that point. It's very bad. Like I heard that today. (laughs) Like, Would would the NFL not let them play if they were that much? Like (laughs) they pretty much are losing like everybody that, that is like their contracts up. They're cutting a bunch of people. Their whole roster is going to be different. I want a team to push it. Just go over the cap and see what happens. Be bad. What are you guys going to do? Not let us play on Sunday? What what are you going to do? You you let us play during a pandemic, during a current outbreak. What, are you going to just because we went a million dollars over the cap? They could be the first team to try. It's a lot of money they have to shed. Uh, Doc, anything you want to add before we close this out? I just think the timing is interesting. If you're the Eagles, you made the decision before the game that Jalen Hurts is your future. So you have nothing to gain by putting him out there. If you're going to throw the game, you should play. You should have Nate Sudfeld play the entire game. Because if Jalen Hurts gets hurt, then that's a whole nother conversation we're having. 
if the Eagles wanted to tank and throw the game and get a better draft pick, put Sudfeld in. I don't understand keeping Hurts in for the first two and a half quarters, being down one score, and then saying, nah, okay, we want to see what we have in him. Remember, it also started when they were down 17-14 on Hertz's last drive, and on like fourth and eight, they decided to not kick the right. tying, the tying field goal and go for it. So I think that already showed that they Doug, were trying to Doug, lose that Doug game. Peterson is an awful coach. He is awful. I don't think we talk about it enough. If he didn't have that Super Bowl to his name in that one really good year, he would have been that, People credit that to Frank Wright and not even Doug Peterson. Exactly. So that exactly. there you go. Brad, put the cherry on top for this. <laughs> I think Doug Peterson did exactly what he was supposed to do. He threw the game. Washington's in the playoffs now. He's a good man for that. <laughs> Let the Washington guy close it out. But uh, great discussion. How can you not be happy for Alex Smith, everything yeah. he's went through? Well, I'm glad you I'm not Ron, Ron Rivera, too. Yeah, I love Ron Rivera. I met Ron Rivera once. I live in North Carolina, um, and I got a chance to go to training camp, uh, Panthers training camp, and got to meet him. And he was such a nice guy. You know, some of the players were bit a little autograph, not even look at you. Uh, but Ron Rivera went out and was shaking hands with people, just talking to people like we're talking here. Um, he, I was, I became a lifelong fan of his when I met him. He was just a down to earth, super cool guy. I, uh, go ahead, I'm, Brad. I'm, I'm going to be a little negative here, but I'm begging Alex Smith to just hang it up. Like, I don't know what he's doing this for. I'm, it's a great story, I guess, but I don't think it's as heartwarming that he came back from 17 surgeries to lead a 6-10 and 10 team to the playoffs when he's getting guaranteed money. 7-9. All right, whatever, 7-9. Like, I, I, I think he's had a great career, and I think he maybe he's got coaching in his future or something. I don't know what's in store for him next, but – I don't see the the point of what he's doing right now. I think, you know, even taking a single snap would have been a victory. Even walking is a victory. Having a leg is a victory. I don't know why being alive is a victory. Yeah, for him, like I, I don't know why he's playing such a brutal sport for a team that's not gonna do anything really. So I, I wish he would kind of hang it up. My hot take is I think his last game is this weekend. I think he retires after the season. I, I think he's yeah, going to go out on that, his terms. I don't think that's that hot of a take. I didn't hear anybody talk about that he was retiring, but I hey, guess who knows? Maybe they pull, what if they pull the upset? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I mean, stranger things have happened, I guess. The, C- but, the Seahawks have done it at 7-9. and nine. Yeah, that was the Beastquake game. And then the Washington front, if you rush four and get pressure on Brady, that's the key to beating him. And they have so we're going to have the, the J.D. McKissick Beastquake game. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If you like hearing about Beastquakes, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and a fantasy basketball show that you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about lighting up the Apple Podcast app with a five-star rating and review of the show? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TripPlayFantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, annoying gifts, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Have you ever been looking for the Derrick Henry of podcasts, the one that stiff-arms the competition, rumbles for over 2,000 downloads in a season? What about one you can appoint a king? That would be the Triple Play Fantasy football podcast, and we're here to carry the load for you for all your fantasy needs. Thank you to our loyal fans for your listens each and every single week. And we will jump right into the New Year's Resolution Show right out of this quick break. And we're back. The New Year's Resolution Show. We're going to look at the eight most popular New Year's resolutions as I found on Google. 
and we are going to pass these into the fantasy football realm no and put that spin on them. What is that? No free ads. Don't give Google their light. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the unnamed ser- unnamed search engine that I used. Dang it. That the entire world uses. I bung, I bunged that question earlier. <laughs> but we have this panel here to talk about these resolutions one by one, guessing the right mindset heading into next football season. So the first one is the most common one you probably hear, exercising more and losing weight. So our twist to that is, are you going to add more leagues than what you already plan? Are you going to lose the weight and cut off some of that dead weight in some of those leagues that you're in? So Jay, I'll start with you for the first one. What do you think you're doing next year? I'm 100% cutting weight. I got to drop some leagues. I, uh, I think I think the majority of the fantasy community bored home with COVID. Football season was coming. Let's do a startup draft. What, what better to do than pass the time than do a startup? So I uh, I joined a couple extra leagues than I, I should have. Um, also, you know, I've joined some redraft leagues at some charity leagues. Uh, my guy, uh, Shane Barrett, did uh, Polly's Playoff. I, did a co- I was lucky enough to be in, in Scott Fishbowl this year which if I'm able to get into next year, that will not be one that I'm cutting. Um, but just overall, I'm just in too many. And not only with that, if, if it wasn't for the writing and the podcasting and stuff, I'd be fine. But I took on uh, more of a leadership role at both Going For Two and at Sleeper Wire, as well as, you know, uh, our podcast. So I just don't have as much time. I've got two kids. You know, my family is very important to me. Um, just trying to balance everything. I just, I just don't have the time to, to do it all. So um, I'm definitely cutting some leagues. And Jay, we had a conversation last night that the women in our lives are, are superheroes for putting up with how much time we do this. 100%. So, I don't know if you guys can hear it or not, but my kids are in there screaming. I've got a, a two-year-old and a, a almost five-year-old, and they're, uh, they're a lot to handle sometimes. So my wife <laughs> is, is willing to do it for me so I can do all this stuff. So uh, like you said, she, she's Wonder Woman. If I wouldn't be able to do this, if it wasn't for her. The women are the backbones for us to be able to do what we do. So every single one of us on this pod have a significant other that I know supports what we do. So can't do this without them. Brad, going to you next. What about you? I know you're in a few leagues. Are you looking to add more? Are you kind of happy where you're at? What are you thinking? I'm with Jay. I'm cutting weight. I I was in three football leagues this year, two redrafts and one dynasty. And I think two is a sweet spot. I don't want to have... You know, all of my interest hedged across all these different players that I own to where I don't have anybody to root for. You're just watching the games and you don't care because you got all these different players and you're doing great in one league and bad in another. So your interest kind of fades and I don't want that either. I think I just like having it, you know, close knit friends, maybe two leagues. You can focus on everything, see all the transactions. It's not too much of a burden and kind of go from there. Brad, is my league that I invited you in this year, that's not on the block, is it? <laughs> no, that he, one's He safe. said close friends only. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably cut the Dynasty League. He okay. was going to save that for after the show to tell you that he's done. Yeah, I had to put him on the spot for a second. <laughs> Doc, what about uh, you? However, I was yeah. kicked out of a league in the past, but we can get to that. <laughs> oh, well, you got to hear that story. How did that happen? <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for another time. Doc, go ahead. <laughs> so for me... I'm looking to add a league. I was originally in five leagues. I dropped one because there was collusion. And so I was in four. <laughs> and and two of them, you know, I you, you play the high score every week. And that two and six, you're like, okay, I'm not getting out of this hole. I think I want to add a dynasty league. And I think I want to do it with some of the people on Twitter. Because 
Uh, most of my leagues are just with friends and people from high school, but I want to get more involved in the community. And I think a dynasty league would be a great way uh, to get to know the people on you know, a better, deeper level. That's Doc's plea to, to sending it to Jay. Be like, hey, invite me with your friends. <laughs> uh, you know, anyone that's listening, I run the Twitter account mostly. So send me a DM at Trip Play Fantasy if you have an opening and I'll consider. There we go. Johnny, finish out with you. What do you think? I think Brad was right. Two's probably the sweet spot. I think I, I don't know if I can drop uh, one or two because I don't want them to just fold without me or something. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a bad look. But I, the dynasty, I also have I've tanked for like two years, so I kind of want to at least get the dividends out of that one. So I have to <laughs> stick around. <laughs> and uh, Brad's right. It, it does get frustrating with a lot of leagues, and then you throw in like a fan duel or something where. It doesn't matter because you want somebody to do well, but not too well. You want them to hit the sweet spot of like 85 yards and five right, yeah, catches. Yeah. Which is like I want 17.5 points and that's it. Nothing more. Nothing yeah, more. exactly. And it, it yeah. makes it hard to, to root and watch the games because whatever happens, it's both good and bad. So I'm, I'll just say mine real quick. I, I'm in a few and I definitely actually I'm looking to gain some weight next year. I'm looking to pack on the LBs. Bulking season. And, uh, <laughs> Because I'll be honest, like DFS has kind of become my first love. Like I love in the leagues I'm in and I love playing in it. It's something I'm very passionate about with the season long leagues. Dynasty, I, I would be 100% more into getting more involved in as I haven't been as much into Dynasty. But um, when DFS goes on, I check, I barely check my box scores. I'm always like looking at my DFS lineups as I'm, if I'm cashing and I'm doing well. So if I do more leagues, it's, it's at that point. Uh, to me, it's just going to be kind of, I know it's like hedging a little bit more, but uh, I just, I love it so much. I love fantasy football season. I'm not trying to add 10 leagues or anything like that, but I definitely think I'll, I'll get into two or three more next year that I, I didn't do this year. Yep. And I think too, <clears throat> part of it for me is I've held on to a few leagues that I didn't necessarily want to be in. And I just was like, I feel bad. I don't want to drop. I don't want it. But I think it, it, there's no, if you're not enjoying it, there's no point in sticking around as long as you do it the right way. You give them enough time. You don't. You're not dropping just because your team stinks. If it, you know, if it's just inactive, you don't really. You know, the people you don't. The whole point is to have fun. And if you're not right. having fun doing it, just do it the right way and just you know, give them enough time to replace it. Even if you know, I've done before where I paid for the year so that way it's it can entice people to say, hey, you know, this is a free team. Come adopt this orphan team. It's paid for this year, and then you start paying the next year. Agreed. Well said from everyone. I want to move to this next one here, and that's. Learn a new skill or a hobby. Are you interested in diving into different league formats that you're not as familiar in? Two quarterback leagues, super flex. If you're a non-PPR guy like the guy on top of my screen, maybe PPR, guillotine leagues. There's so many different types of stuff out there. Brad, I'll start with you. Are you looking to get in different types of formats? Or are you comfortable with the kind of format that you're in? Yeah, I, I think I'm comfortable with the format I'm in. I like kickers. I like PPR. Um, if the league that I'm in decides to change it, I'll roll with it. But um, yeah, I think when you are, when you're looking at more, you know, or different leagues, you also have to look at different strategies, which means, you know, taking a more in-depth dive at the, the teams you want to build. And I think that gets into more of the, you know, do you want to add weight or cut it? And with me cutting weight, I think it's, it makes more sense to me to, to stay in the style of leagues that I'm in right now. Doc. Yeah, so I'd mentioned I want to join a dynasty league. Uh, David, you and I do fantasy baseball and I do fantasy basketball. So typically I'm looking at fantasy sports year round, but 
I kind of want to, you know, look at the rookies more, um, play actual general manager and decide if I want to tank or go all in. All the leagues I do are redraft across every sport. So uh, I think dynasty for football would be the first and the easiest to kind of get acclimated to. All right, Johnny. I kind of want to try an IDP league and just mm. drop defense and swap it out because I kind of hate defenses because it can look good on the box score. Like, oh, they only gave up 15 points, but they gave up a ton of yards, and all of a sudden you're at two points for your defense. I don't like it one bit. So I think IDP would be a fun twist on it. I also don't know what a guillotine league is. I don't know what French Revolution-ass league you're in or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So guillotine league is whoever's the lowest score every single week. Uh, your season is over and your players oh. go with the free agents and you have fab and you can use your fab to pick up their players. And oh, that would be so demoralizing week one. <laughs> yeah, I played in one guillotine league and I lost the first week and that was the last guillotine <laughs> league I played in, but I would do it. It's an interesting twist because obviously it's not a full season long if you're eliminated, but it's a lot of pressure to score points. So if you're confident that you can put up points and that you don't usually aren't in last place as far as scoring. Yeah, it's, it's like running from a bear. You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the, the slowest guy. <laughs> that, that was, that's a great reference to it. That's exactly what it is, honestly. Jay, what about you? Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to hedge it a little bit. Um, for the most part, kind of like Brad said, the leagues that mean the most to me, my home league and the league, um, I actually, I know I said I wanted to cut leagues, but we had decided this uh, weeks ago with some of the people from around Twitter, like uh, like Doc said, I wanted to play with some more people that I interact with on a daily basis. So me, uh, my co-host Eagle Dan, uh, Troy T. King Mode, uh, Cooter Doodle, Linda Lyons, uh, my guy Jeff, there's, there's some others too, JL's in there. Um, Marco, I'm trying not to leave anybody out. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, but we started one, and we wanted it to be a little different, but also didn't want it to be gimmicky. You know, so we did uh, super flex, one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and six flexes. So it's still in the same kind of thinking that you would normally run, but it's not, not your standard league either because that's the problem too is most of the leagues I'm in now are pretty much super flex, no kicker, Two, 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 couple of flexes, and that's that's about it. So, I if I do change any leagues and go with some new leagues, I would like them to be a little different, not too crazy. Um, you know, I kind of the guillotine leagues and stuff like that. I feel not gimmicky is the wrong word, but it's not like a, a serious standard league. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not one that that you plan for year in year out. Um, I did do with um with um what's his name. Rocky from um, the the, uh, the Dynasty Junkies. Uh, he did a um, a Survivor League, and it was literally set up like the show Survivor, where you have two tribes. They go head to head each week. If you lose, <laughs> you have to vote a guy out. Like, and the other team, you can take one guy from the bench. Like, that was a lot of fun. I, I got voted out early because, unfortunately, and this was the first year he did it, so it took. It's gonna take some. Well, that 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 was uh, too. I did have a very good team, but um, I had connections to Rocky. I was on his podcast. He was on my podcast. So the guy who won did like a ridiculous amount of research and like literally did a, a diagram of how everybody knew each other and who to take out first. Like, so I was on the target early because I knew him. So it that's was, hilarious. Uh, but stuff like that, like like I would like to do different ones like that uh, versus you know like. I'm not a non PPR guy. I don't mind half PPR. I just the same thing like Brad was saying. Like I'm my when I think a guy's value, my mindset's PPR. So I don't want to have to think. Okay, well 
I like this guy in PPR, but I don't like him in non-PPR. That would just just be too much in my opinion. Yeah, we have, again, uh, I, I'm in a non-PPR league with a lot of these guys, and it's something that obviously was the initial way that we started fantasy. Yep. And it's, it's sometimes, I know, because John is the biggest anti-PPR guy, and it's more because you're yeah. saying, like, if you get J.D. McKissick's going to have his Beast Quake game, and it's going to be eight catches for 30 yards. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I wouldn't even touch him in a non-PPR league. So. <laughs> yeah, it's very different for sure. Let's Let's move to the next one here. And that's going to be save money and spend less. Everybody's always trying to save their money every single year. So I'm asking each of you guys, what did you learn if you had Fab in your league? What did you learn about Fab that you plan to apply for next year? Doc, I'll start with you. So the first is don't blend it, don't blow it all on quarterbacks. I did that with <laughs> Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston when I had Russell Wilson, and none of them panned <laughs> the out. Jameis Winston one. <laughs> yeah, I I thought he was going to be a QB one. I didn't think uh, they'd actually. We all did. I was right there with you. So. And the worst part is exactly that he, the one he didn't spend on Jalen Hurts ended up kicking him out of the playoff. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so like the irony of that, but I think you have to be aggressive especially you see someone like Mike Davis, who was a top 10 running back for the majority of the season when he played. I don't think you can spend a little bit here, spend a little bit there. I think especially for running backs, there weren't that many that were big pickups this year. So be aggressive or save your money. Well, one could argue that if you went that route with Naheem Hines after week one, that you probably came out pretty bad. So it's kind of that one week where he was really good. He had like literally like club. three weeks. I think he had three <laughs> weeks all season where he was startable. And after that, like he was pretty all, even I, I ironically had dropped him like a pending drop when he went off like that week 12 or whatever it was. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Won't even yeah. change it. <laughs> Keep in mind the Colts still had Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins at that point. Mike Davis essentially had the Carolina backfield to himself before they started playing Rod Smith. Rod Smith. That's true, but I think a lot of people thought Naheem Hines was going to be like an Austin Eckler and that he was going to share with Jonathan Taylor. It was going to be a two-headed attack that the both of them could eat. So I, I understand what you're saying, and I don't disagree. I think it's just hard because I think a lot of people spent a lot for Hines and didn't have that same type of feeling as people that spent a lot for Mike Davis. So definitely a subjective. Johnny, I'll go to you. What do you think with Fab? I was I was going to say don't. Don't pick your spots. Just just spend it. You can't take it with you. The amount of people who at the end of the season had like half or three quarters of their fab. What's the point? You might as well have just tried somebody for a week or something. Just don't bother picking your spots. Spend it. Jay? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with these guys. Say I'm the type that I'm going to blow my budget, and I uh, I backed off that a little bit, and it cost me this year my home league, um, which is my most important league. Won the league last year. My team was stacked, and I got decimated by injury. I had Barkley, um, Nick mm. Chubb, A.J. Brown, George Kittle, Michael Thomas. So I was panicking at the beginning of the year. Um, I blew a huge chunk after week one on Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell goes down. Um, and then my home league guys, I, and th- it's part of it too. you got to know your league. You know, Depending on the league, some guys are a little more conservative. Some are the type to blow their budget. My home league tends to be the guys that don't spend a whole lot. The ones that wind up at the end of the year that have $50, $60 out of 100 budget, and <laughs> they're picking up bums. But I held back a little bit, and I missed out on Herbert. And then I got stuck with Nick Foles because I had um, – who is uh, Lamar Jackson. And then Lamar Jackson wound up not playing because of COVID, and – we saw what happened there. I wound up losing that because I had Nick Foles 
his game on Monday night where he couldn't hit a wide open Mooney a few times and he got me a whopping four points. So um, I'm gonna, I have to remind myself to stick to what I know and stick to what I believe. And if I want a guy, I need, I literally lost Herbert by a dollar. And that's because I was like, these guys are a little more conservative. I don't have to worry about it. And that could have changed my season. Sometimes it just comes down to a dollar. Yeah. You said it's, it's the worst. Brad, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm a little bit of an opposite take there. I, I learned patience, patience, patience. Um, I I think the strategy for me in the future will be just wait until a big time running back goes down and then blow the budget. Um, when it comes to wide receivers and quarterbacks, I think there's enough replacement value at the the middle and lower tiers where you can get a guy for a week or so and a Kirk Cousins or so, and he can give you a big a big week. But um, the running backs are scarce and they're hard to come by and they can make or break your season. So if you're like me and you had Christian McCaffrey go down and he was your first pick, absolutely blow the budget and get get the replacement because it could put you in the playoffs. Yeah, your team in that league was killed by injuries. But like you said, not getting Mike Davis really hurts you in the end. Um, so I, I agree with both sides of takes here. Let's move to the next one here and spend more time with friends and family. Everybody always wants to do that. So it's kind of my football spin on this. You're kind of doing the opposite. Which you want to spend more time looking at film, looking at articles, writing articles this offseason. Are you satisfied with the amount of time in your process that you put into your fantasy season? So I'll start with Johnny for this one. What do you think? Um, I'm pretty satisfied, especially when we started doing this. It kind of took a lot of the ancillary research I'd be doing for the teams anyway because we'd be looking at so much on a week-to-week basis. And I don't know what it, I just sort of mostly go with my gut most of the time anyway, because I want to root for the players the whole time anyway. So, you know, sometimes it bites me, you know, I don't pick Tyreek Hill cause he's a scumbag, but maybe <laughs> I should. <laughs> the day you draft Tyreek Hill, I know you're an imposter. <laughs> hey, what about you? Um, yeah, it's, I'm like Doc. I play fantasy baseball. I play fantasy basketball. I play fantasy hockey. I do fantasy all year long. And like I was saying earlier, um, now that I've taken on these bigger roles with both of the websites and my podcast, um, I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more diving into off-season writing, um, off-season research. We're going to do our show. We were doing it every week on Thursdays. We're going to do it every other week starting on the 14th. Um, so just by that alone, I'm going to have to to do more. So I also, too, I'm not a big college football guy. I'm a Duke fan, so we don't have much to cheer for when it comes to college football. Jameson Crowder. Uh, yeah, they, that's about it. And uh, But um, I'm, I really want to take a deeper dive into the college prospects and know more um, about them by watching them on film versus what I'm reading other people saying about them. So I definitely plan on doing a lot more on this offseason. Brad? I try to declutter my head of as many – opinions of other people as possible so i think i'll be listening to to less you know opinions less podcasts and looking at more just watching more games and and looking at more stats and kind of using my own uh gut and using my own uh tools to evaluate players like johnny said so um yeah i'd I'd probably be relying more on myself than others except this one right you're not cutting this podcast (laughs) Of course not. There we go. Good. Doc, finish this out for us. Yeah, for me, the first thing I'm going to look at, if I'm really torn on a player, is their contract situation because contract years are a real thing. Kind of see who wants to 
put up a, a big year uh, to try to get a big payday. Um, and as someone that runs the Twitter account, I want to put out some polls on players. You know, someone that I talked about preseason, Josh Allen, it was pulled both ways. So I, I kind of like seeing both perspectives of, you know, why someone or certain people may love or hate a player. No, great points from everyone. Uh, I don't think you can do too much or too little. Whatever helps you get to the most successful uh, strategy, whatever works best for you, I think, you know, obviously it's your own process. Let's move to the next one here, and that's travel more. And are you going to travel into different approaches and how you draft based on your success this season or your failures? Are you going to go zero RB when you didn't this year? Are you going to take a really good QB early? Are you going to wait? Are you going to stack running backs early on? So kind of this year, how you drafted, are you going to travel into a different approach? And I know this is kind of a stretch, <laughs> this one right here. But Jay, I'll start with you. What do you think? Um, I, I'm the type of guy I don't necessarily have a quote unquote strategy. Um, and what I mean by that, you know, the people who are the zero RB, the people who are the robust running back. If I had to say one, I am more of a running back early and often because like Brad was saying, they are so hard to come by. Um, I, I'm going to try to back off from that just a little bit, but I'm the type, I'm going to let the draft board come to me. I'm going to let the auction come to me and it's all about value, you know? And I think <clears throat> a lot of people that were upset with Lamar Jackson this year, he still had a really good year, but he didn't have the year he had last year and you paid last year's stats for, you know, not quite the production. So I think the biggest thing that you have to remember is don't, draft guys at their peak value. You want to get, you know, you want to get them out of value so you can use it in other places. So it's, that's, that's how I always play. Um, it's not get getting guys at their highest price. And so I, I lean going running back heavy early and often. So I got to get out of that mindset a little bit and stick to uh, worrying about player value more than anything. Brad, are you going to travel and not be a wild card when you draft, or are you going to stick with the wild card approach? I'm I'm a, I'm a strategy guy. I uh, maybe I'm a wild card in that I I have you know high takes. I think I thought Kyler Murray was QB one, so I'll draft him high. But um, I think my approach of taking a running back in the first three rounds is mm -hmm. it's it's solid to me. And I I think the more running backs you have in the, in the most scarce position the more optionality you have. Maybe somebody gets injured. Maybe all three are good and you can trade one and get get uh, good value for them when, you know, in a, in a position where you don't have a lot of talent. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of, a lot of utility in taking a guy that you need late in the season as opposed to, you know, worrying about, did I take this guy too high or, is he going to be there later? I think if you if you got a guy you like and he's there, you take him. And I like it, that strategy actually. I kind of have that. I kind of have that same approach. If I was you know a GM of a football team, if I you know if I'm the Jaguars, I'm taking a I'm taking a, qu a quarterback at the one, and I'm taking him again in the second round. Like you, <laughs> you can't you can't miss on those positions. Like you got to have your people, and and I think it's it's worth the popcorn approach is worth it. Kind of, I mean, it's funny because you say that, and but you look at Washington, they did that with RG3 and Kirk Cousins. And when RG3 yeah. failed, that's literally what yeah, I was Kirk thinking Kirk. too. Same exact thing. It like worked it, out for him. Exactly. Look like look it's at, not uh, a bad approach. Look at the Eagles. It wasn't, ex it was in, you know, the next draft, but Carson Wentz and then Jalen Hurts. Like it's, 
you got to take your guys. And when there's scarcity value, you got to get as many guys as you can. I like that. Doc, what about you? So first point I agree with Jay is you ultimately have to see how the draft goes. You know, if, if it's going really running back heavy, maybe you have to do that. Um, I'm going to take QBs with rushing upside because that it just provides so much value. We saw Jalen Hurts week 15 go for 37 because he had 100 plus yards on the ground. I'm actually going to look to take more wide receivers at the top. I think they're typically a less injury prone position. I know people hate throwing that that um, title around, but I look at the Tyreek Hills, the Devontae Adams, the Michael Thomases when healthy, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, those are studs you plug in week in, week out. And I look at running backs, James Robinson, Mike Davis, Antonio Gibson, Daryl Henderson, Jeff Wilson, Miles Gasson, Salvin Ahmed, Gio Bernard, Naeem Hines, Wayden Gallman. They all had multiple RB1, RB2 weeks, and they were likely at the end of your draft or waiver wire. So you can find people like that, you know, if you, if you just are kind of active or if you save your fab. Good, good approach there. Johnny, finish this out. Um, I'm going the opposite, Eric. I I did really bad this draft this year because I reached for Lamar and then I reached for tight ends, uh, Mark Andrews in particular afterwards. And my Saquon gets hurt. And then all of a sudden I literally don't have a starting running back between like a Philip Lindsay turf toe injury that lasts all season. And every, I, I had to trade for Todd Gurley. I had to do all this nonsense that I, I didn't want to do. So I'm just picking running backs. Just that's what I'm going to have to do. It's going to be a running back hoarder next year. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm going to cut out. We were talking about uh, eight of them getting organized, uh, talking about getting your notes organized from uh, other years and not just this season. We're going to scratch that one. Also talked about quit smoking because it, this pod especially has talked about the value of drafting a kicker and not waiting it till the last round because I think, Brad, you brought up that Harrison Bucker last year was equivalent to like the ninth best running back as far as the points that he put up. So. Yep. We'll save those discussions for another day. I want to get to this last one here and read more and specifically reading more into the tight end position. What is your approach when drafting tight ends after what we saw this year and potentially even the last couple of years? And Brad, I'll start with you. Or Doc, I'll start with you. Eric, we'll start with you. <laughs> yeah, for me, you either take Kelsey in round one or two. You take Kelsey going around round two. He's going in round one. Okay, you take Kelsey in round one. You take Kittle or Waller in round two or three, or you wait until the final round. Because Robert Tanyan, number three tight end. Logan Thomas, number five. Gesicki, number seven. Ebron, number 10. My boy Irv Smith at 16.3, 6.7, and 23.3 in the playoffs. It's kind of like the mentality. You're either first or you're last, and that's how I think about tight ends. Well, Johnny might disagree because Darren Waller plays for his squad, and I think he likes Darren well, Waller. Well, after I get my three tight ends, I'm going to or my three running backs, I'm <laughs> going to hope they're still still around. It's kind of dueling uh, personalities where I want also want to get the best tight end, and that really only happens to be like a few of them. So it's really hard to mesh both of those. So I'm kind of with Eric at this point. If you don't get the premier ones, just give up and wait. <laughs> Jay, I'm assuming similar for you as well. Yeah, I just even I don't think I could ever see myself taking a Travis Kelsey in the first or second round. Uh, I'm definitely taking a running back in that area. You're just at such a disadvantage. You know, if you'd go tight end, I know Kelsey offers a huge advantage at the tight end position, but he's an, an anomaly, just like Gronk was years ago, just like Jimmy Graham was before that. 
Um, I'm not willing to take that risk because like you said, with Mark Andrews, you know, you thought you had that guy and you were at such a disadvantage because he didn't pan out. I'm the type, uh, mid to late rounds, I would rather take two or three of the Kasikis, of the, um, you know, Irv Smiths, of the Robert Tunyon, and just churn them until you get one that hits. Um, and that worked for me last year. You know, I got that guy with George Kittle two years ago. You know, and, and if it hits, it hits. And if you're in a keeper league, then you're set and you've got that production for the lower cost. So I just, even though Kelsey is, you know, one of the best tight ends ever. He's he's on the way. He's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, I can't spend that draft capital on him in the first or second round. It's, and that's where he's going to go. There's no doubt. You're lucky if you get him in the second round. And I just, I can't do it. I've heard a lot of people talking about him going no later than the back end of the first. And he might that's go true. like six, seven. So I'm that's with you. That's, that's that's a lot of capital. And you're chasing. I know he's he's elite. And this is speaking as a Chiefs fan, but you're going to be chasing what he did this year. And even if yep. he's if he's you know a quarter worse the next year, is that is, I don't know if that's worth the first round pick when all you know, the running backs, especially because uh, you see what happens when all these running backs go down. You need running backs. So yep, yeah. I thought I was set with uh, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, and Nick Chubb, and you know <laughs> that that ran out real quick when it came to injuries and i was stuck starting philip lindsay and joshua kelly so it was not a good year for me in my home league brad finish us out with this topic yeah because of the gap from the top three to the rest of the position i kind of view tight ends the same way i do kickers if you can get the top three you should take the top three but I'm not going to take at the end of the first. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I'm not going to take, I'd have to take the top three tight ends in like the first or second round. And I'm using mm -hmm. that for my running backs. So I always end up, you know, kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel with tight ends, but I'm happy to do that. Cause like Jay said, you know, you grab a Kittle from a few years ago and he pans out and turns into a top three tight end and then you're set. So you just got to hope you hit. Agreed. Well said, gentlemen. And so there's some great resolutions that hopefully people will follow into this new football season that will come later this year. Sure, a lot of things will change before then, but you can take these strategies and apply them to wherever you go in life, not just fantasy football. We are going to go next to our question of the week. And we are sponsored by Shady Rays. Oh, yeah. All right. So, fellas. When your future is as bright as Jay's. One David, say you use this every week. You need to switch it up. But <laughs> the, the, I, I need to call you out on this. It's been That's time. Fine. One could say it's incredibly blinding. You need to make sure that you're armed with the best eyewear in the game to keep your peepers in check. And what would that be, you ask? That's none other than Shady Rays. You're trying to run, hike, surf the waves, heck, even write ads for your podcast. These shades are for you. Shady Raids wants you to own quality, polarizing, and affordable shades that you can wear for any occasion. Whether your sunglasses break, get scratched, lost, or anything under the sun, they're going to replace that bad boy for you. For every order placed, Shady Rays donates 10 meals to Feeding America and have over 13 million donated meals to date. And I did not stutter. That's 13 million. If you like what you're hearing, use code TRIPLEPLAY at checkout and you get 25% off an order of shades, which excludes the RX collections. Again, the people in the back, that's 25% off your order of shades with the code triple play. Don't get blinded by your success. Use Shady Rays. And Eric, you know, Jay's hearing that for the first time. So even if I've used it multiple times, it's it's new to him. That's what matters. <laughs> and for the record, I do own a pair of Shady Rays. Oh, there we go. See, hey, I knew it. Go. 
Uh, so our question this week, what is the busy, biggest success and the biggest mistake of your fantasy football season this year? Jay, you're the guest. I'll, I'll start with you. If you would like to have more time to think about it, I can go to someone else. But if you know it, it's all yours. <laughs> I definitely know my biggest mistake. That was very <laughs> easily because I was one that believed in Carson Wentz this year. And I am, I'm the type of guy I don't like to, like Brad was saying earlier, I don't like, I'm in a lot of leagues. I don't want to, oh, I want this guy to do good, but I want that guy to do good. So when I go all in on a guy, I, I, I have him everywhere. So I had Carson Wentz everywhere this year. Um, so it was not a very good year for me, but like it works out. It's really good when it works out because last year I went all in on uh, Miles Sanders. I went all in on Lamar Jackson. I went all in on Chris Godwin. I had the best year I've ever had in fantasy last year. When, when you do the same thing, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So, uh, this year, my biggest bust easily was Carson Wentz. Um, best thing that I've done. Hmm. I might have to think a little bit on the best one because I didn't have that great of a year, unfortunately. Um, let me think. Let me we'll think. get back to you because I want I want to make sure you have something positive. That oh, you I can definitely say do. Years. It's just the negative is stuck with me this year. So. <laughs> Brad, what about you? What do you? What are yours? So I was I was president of the Austin Eckler fan club, and through no fault of his own, he wasn't able to to put together a great season that I expected him to. Injuries took him, but he'll be back next year. So that was that was probably my my uh, biggest regret of the season. Uh, actually, maybe it's Cam Newton. No, no, it's Eckler. It's Eckler. All right. <laughs> Cam and Newton. As, I think it might be Cam Newton. <laughs> as far as um, my biggest win, I'd probably say it's Kyler Murray, but that doesn't really count because it was just a, a call that I made, a take that I made. I didn't get to have him in any of my leagues. I'll tell you this. We drafted together, and I was high on Kyler Murray. I think I had him like number five or six. I have to look back at our rankings. He took him from me. But I, I knew for a fact you were going to take him if I didn't take him in, in round four. And That's I was like, and I, was like that rushing, I knew that rushing upside was there, and I did not. I had Dak in another league. And I said, I don't want the same quarterback. I was like, I'm not sold with Deshaun Watson's early season schedule. I was like, who's the next quarterback on my list? And it was Kyler. And I was like, if I don't take him here now, Brad's snagging him. So that is that is all credit to your – I mean, I, I don't – that wasn't on purpose to try to snipe him from you, but I knew just from us being on the show, which we're open with our takes, that I knew I wasn't going to get him. And I do have whenever you want to come back oh, to me. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, A.J. Brown. I, I definitely bought back oh, in yeah. him. <clears throat> there was a lot of narrative uh, at the end of last year. His production was unsustainable because of how much they pass the ball. But uh, you got to be careful when you buy into narratives. If the guy's a stud, the guy's a stud, and they're going to get the ball to him. Um, so I did have a lot of A.J. Brown, especially. Um, I've got him a couple places in Dynasty, um, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, so A.J. Brown was a big win for me. I like Speaking that. Speaking of uh, wide receivers, congratulations to – uh, Devonta Smith on Alabama for winning the Heisman Trophy. Nice. Oh, did he win? Brad, you're, you're Bra Bradley Schefter. I like that. Uh, Doc, what are what was your biggest win? Your biggest failure? Maybe I'll introduce you as Bradley Schefter on our basketball show. The biggest loss for me was probably Odell Beckham. I, you know, I believed in Daniel Jones, but he got injured and losing Saquon and some of the wide receivers and Evan Ingram having butterfingers. 
I'd Odell Beckham as my wide receiver seven, and I know he got hurt. But besides that game against Dallas, he did not look like the wide receiver I thought he would this year, considering he had 1,000 yards last season with a core injury. Um, that was probably by my biggest whiff. My biggest hit, and I'm going to keep saying it, Josh Allen, I think I had him as my QB6. John trashed me for it. A lot of people thought that his accuracy couldn't improve, and he had a hell of a season. I, I think he I still think it goes back to nothing next year. <laughs> yeah, and says the guy that traded Lamar Jackson for him. The guy that drafted Lamar Jackson in round two. I traded Lamar Jackson when he got COVID. So, <laughs> but um, I, I think Josh Allen. That's probably something where I'm going to ride home for next offseason, and you know, hopefully, I can hit another one like that. What about you, John? Um, I was going both the the biggest success and regret were from the same draft, and they were back to back picks. I picked Lamar Jackson early, and then I reached for Mark Andrews because I thought that would be a cool connection. And then uh, Darren Waller was still on the board on my next pick, so I got him because I'm a big homer. And that was my big success. And it was, looked like it was going to be great. Two tight end system over there on my fantasy team. And then Mark Andrews was terrible. And my biggest regret was not trading him after like week two or three because the longer I held on to him, the less and less I was getting. And it crashed and burned my uh, my season because it was one thing on top of another on that team. <laughs> and John, didn't you finish in last place, right? Yeah, because I had Saquon and I reached for Lamar and I reached for Mark Andrews and I had Philip Lindsay and I had Sterling Shepard and I had like three other injured players that I forgot. <laughs> the best was John was like, after week two, he's like, I'll trade Sterling Shepard for anything. We're like, dude, he's out for the next three games. He's going to trade. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had Le'Veon Bell too. It was just, it was just everybody was hurt. <laughs> everybody has those seasons. I'm not going to pick on John for that. Mine, I put only two takes out there this year that I, I put publicly. I, I'm next year, I'm going to be a lot more public and pin it. Um, but the two takes I had that I was very strong about was I said CEH was going to be a top five PPR running back. And I was proud in the fact that I said he was going to be a top seven PPR back when Damian Williams was still there. I was that much a believer in him. And not even just for the Homer aspect, I, everything that came out, Andy Reid had already said he's better than Brian Westbrook. That he, I thought he was going to eventually take that kind of, in the first couple of games, take the full load. He's a, one of the best pass catching uh, running back prospect that year, which Chiefs loves throwing to their running backs. I was all in top seven running back, which people called me nuts when Damian Williams was still there. And then when he was gone, everybody was starting to put him back up there. And I was like, okay, well, I've already been on this train. And I called him top five. And after week one, it did not pan out. After week one, I was feeling very proud of myself. And But the take that did pan out that I actually submitted it to CBS Sports and they trashed me on the take. Um, Adam, or Adam, it wasn't Adam Azer, but it was Dave Richard and a couple other guys. I said, CeeDee Lamb is going to be a borderline number one wide receiver. And they said, is that crazy? They said, is that a bull take or is that crazy? And he was actually the number 16 PPR wide receiver going into and, and the, the bet. I actually tweeted at Adam Azer and he was going to get me on the show. We had, we had a, we made a bet and I said, he has to be a top 15, which is, I figured you're in a 12 team league. 15 is a borderline enough to say borderline wide receiver one. I said, top 15 wide receiver. I said, I get to go on the show and I'll donate a hundred to St. Jude. Um, he finished, he was number, he was wide receiver 16 going into the week, finished at wide receiver 20. So even though he didn't finish quite as high as as a borderline wide receiver one, I think if that had been there the whole year, it would have been no question. And people Absolutely. and people calling it crazy. And I said I was very I, I was like, he's going to be the dog in that system. And he was looking like it before Dak went down. So 
Yeah, absolutely. They don't give 88 to just anybody. So they want him to be the top dog. Exactly. Maybe. So, but again, success is failures. It always happens every year, but it's good. We can air it out, get that out of there. Let's go to our last segment of the week. And that's our game of the week. And our game of the week is being hosted by none other than Johnny Foosball. So Johnny, what are we playing this week? Uh, normally, I do a philosopher, uh, philosopher or uh, NFL coach quotes, and you guess. Uh, this time, I've adjusted it to a politician or football coach quotes, and we'll just sort of go around the horn. Everybody takes a guess. You get an extra point if you get the politician or the NFL coach, and uh, keep track of your own score. I don't do it for you. <laughs> you usually say you're not our mom or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the first one I have here, and I'll start with you, Davey. Be patient and calm. No one can catch a fish with anger. I'm going to say that's Coach and it's Don Shula. Jay? I'm going to say that is a politician, and I'm going to go with Joe Biden. We'll go Brad. to Brad next. I'm going to go Coach, and I'm going to go Parcells. That's like a I'm going ball. I'm going politician, and I'm saying Barry Goldwater. Uh, that is Herbert Hoover. Oh. Oh. Be patient in your Hoovervilles. So I think you forgot to say if you get it right, obviously it's a point. But if you guess the correct yeah. whatever it is, it's an extra point. So if you guess the yeah. correct coach or the correct politician, yeah, he said that. Oh, then I totally blanked out for two seconds. <laughs> the next one is no, we don't fear anything, Jay. That definitely sounds like a coach to me. Hmm. I am going to go with John Gruden. Brad Stradamus. I'm going to go coach and I'm going to go Parcells again. Uh, that seems like it would be a response to FDR's. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. But I'm going to go coach and I'm going to say Vince Lombardi. I'm going to say FDR then. Uh, that is um, Rex Ryan and what I assume was in reference to an upcoming Patriots game. Uh, I was hoping it's I could – Eric put all the legwork in. I was hoping I could have brought it <laughs> Yeah, it was because I knew you'd steal it. <laughs> uh, the next one is uh, you get the job done or you don't. Brad? Sounds like a coach again. I'm going to go coach and I'm going to go Tomlin. Wow, Brad, that is good. Um, I'm going to go coach, and I'm going to go Belichick. That's uh, what I was going to say. my answer. We both were literally going to say that. Uh, I'll go coach, and I'll go Mike Holmgren. I'll go coach, and I'll steal Brad's answer with Bill Parcells. Uh, it is Bill Belichick. Uh, I wish that. Oh man, we should have Jay. We should have just shouldn't have cared. I demand a recount. <laughs> That's two points too. Oh man. <laughs> the, if you're walking down the right path and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. Eric. Um, I'm gonna say politician. It sounds like an Al Gore thing to say. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Uh, Politician, I'll go Dick Cheney. That's not a Dick Cheney thing to say. 
I don't know. I'm trying to sound smart by knowing politician. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Co- oh no! I'm gonna go politician, and I'm gonna go Bush H W. Okay. I'm gonna go coach. I'm gonna go Andy Reid. That is Barack Obama. Just trying to make up ground here. I thought it was a politician, but I knew I had to make up for those two points. So, uh, so we're, we're through four, right? Yeah. So I have two. I've got two. Eric might have four with his correct. I'm sorry. I've got, I got three. I'm sorry. I got three. Bradman, you, you know, know I don't keep track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, the next one, it is, it's better to take many injuries than to, uh, than to give one. Oh, it's definitely a coach. And I'm going to say it has to be a head coach, right? It can't just be like a, a member on the coaching yeah, it's all, staff. It's all head coaches or American politicians. I'm going um, – uh, what's, what's the dude's name that um, did the all-out blitz for the Jets? Greg, Greg Williams. Williams. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go Greg Williams. Jet? What was the – I apologize. I uh, I got a text message from work, uh, so I didn't hear the question uh, – the, the statement. Oh, it it's is your only job, to Jay. Many injuries <laughs> than to give one. Oh, that definitely sounds like a Greg Williams. I'm going to go coach, and I'll go Sean Payton. All bounty gate guys. Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go – I can't see a coach saying he wants injuries. I don't know if that makes sense. I'd go politician Lincoln. I'm going politician and I'm going Dick Cheney after the quail hunting incident. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. This about ben Franklin. Uh, he's not talking about literal injuries, of course. Um, the next one we've got here is the secret to success is good leadership. And good leadership is all about making the lives of your team members or workers better. Are we starting with Jay for this one? Yeah, I think so. You guys are going out of loop a little bit, but Jay. Um, the workers throw me off, but I feel like you got a little trick up your sleeve. So I'm going to stick with Coach. I'm going to go Vince Lombardi. Sounds like a Lombardiism. The man with no score. Brad. Coach, and I'm gonna say Joe Gibbs. Mm. That's a good one. I'm gonna go Coach and Jimmy Johnson. That's another good one. I'm gonna go Coach and Mike Shanahan. Uh, that is Coach Tony uh, Tony Dungy. Tony uh, Tony Dungy. <laughs> Tony Dungy. <laughs> that's definitely Tony Dungy quote. <laughs> How many do we have left? We've got four left. I have four. I want to see if we can catch Eric by any chance. I got three. No, I'm sorry. Okay. I got I the you. politician right. It was wrong. I'm sorry. I got four. And Eric, how many do you have? I got seven. Okay, we're still in this game. We got, yeah. we got I, this. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> <laughs> Are we just saying Brad's out now? I, I have funny. eight right now. I'm winning. <laughs> the next one we have a uh, 99% of failures come from people who make excuses. Thanks, Earth Brad. That is Brad. It's absolutely a coach. 
And I'm going to say Nick Saban. Uh, I'm going coach and Mike Ditka. Mm, That's a good one. It's definitely got to be a coach. It has to be someone that's really strict, like really, really strict as I try to buy time. Um, (laughs) You're not the only one here. You want me to go? Because I got who I want to go with. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to go with uh, coach with Tom Coughlin. That's good. I'll I'll say coach, and I know it's not him, but Bill Cowher. This was the coach of the Continental Army, George Washington. I knew there was going to be one that was a curveball. That's the first one I got wrong. Yeah, me too. Uh, the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but a lack of will. Brad, we'll start with you this time. I'm going to go politician and i'm gonna say clinton i'm going politician as well and i'm saying abe lincoln i'm going politician as well and i'm going andrew garfield <laughs> andrew garfield <laughs> i'm gonna tell you now guys i don't <laughs> i'm gonna go i got a feeling it's a coach I just don't know what coach. So let's think of a random coach. Let's go with. I'm just drawing a blank. Sometimes I don't even know if Johnny's a double dipper or not. I think you have been before. What do you mean? Where you've picked two of the same. Oh, coach same um, I'll just throw somebody random out there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. That is Vince Lombardi. Certainly sounds like a politician with the repetition there, but that is Vince Lombardi. I don't uh, think we next- can catch Eric at this point. Can we? Well, I have two more, and they're the best okay. ones. So we're going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot tougher to be a football coach than a president. You got four years as president, and they guard you. A coach doesn't have anyone to protect him when things go wrong. Eric. Wow, that's tough. <laughs> Can you say it again? I yeah. enjoyed hearing that quote. Yeah. It's tougher to be a football coach than a president. You got four years as president, and they guard you. A coach doesn't have anyone to protect him when things go wrong. Uh, I'm going to say coach. I'm going to say Hugh Jackson when people are coming for him. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. I'm going to say coach and – you know what? I'm going to go Tom Cable. Ooh. I'm going to go Coach, and I'm going to go Jim Harbaugh. That's good, too. This quote sounds like uh, one of the things you say when like a team gets invited to the White House and you have to make like a little speech. So oh. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say politician, and I'm going to say uh, Obama. This was uh, Harry S. Truman. Okay. That was good thinking, though. You're right. You are. That was a good, yeah, really good thinking. And the last one in life, as in a football game, the principle to follow is hit the line hard. Don't foul and don't shirk, but hit the line hard. I think it's me. Or Dave. I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Um, I'll go coach and I'll go Don Shula. I'll go politician and I will go Ronald Reagan. Uh, did I say coach? 
I think he's he's a politician. politician. I meant politician. Uh, I think he played one in a movie, maybe. Yeah, I meant politician. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go coaching Ronald Reagan. Just split the difference. With <laughs> there you go. One, of us, one of us is gonna at least get one point. So let's. And I'll one. go politician Richard Nixon. This was uh, Teddy Roosevelt, who we have to thank for the development of modern football. Oh wow! So yeah, he, he he approved the forward pass. He was big into it. That's what? right, like college, right? Yeah, he developed the NCAA. Well, unfortunately, I was it looks like trying to look for a Tommy Tuberville quote to give everybody a free point, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> life me find a single good one from him. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Eric is the winner of our game, so nobody ever likes that. <laughs> So, Doc, you have your FaceTime, and then we're going to let Jay get out of here and get away from you. <laughs> well, great start to the new year. First pod be recorded in 2021. A nice FaceTime win for me. I'd like to keep this momentum going and to remind everyone that David's ugly to please unfollow him at DMendio2. Is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I need to say. Okay, you're a loser. <laughs> all right, that's well, well worth it. Jay, we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Totally. Thanks again for coming on and, and being a part of this episode with us. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Anything you would like to plug to our audience where they can find you, the stuff you're working on, anything uh, that any secret projects, anything like that? Um, not any secret projects, but I will. Um, uh, you'll follow me on Twitter at GMNJ. Also, um, we've rebranded our podcast as a podcast with upside. You can follow that page pod with upside. Um, I, like I was saying, I'm a part of both going for two and sleeper wire, both great sites, both great teams. Um, both have big plans for the off season. So follow both of those pages um, and just keep an eye out for what we got coming on. Jay is a great follow. He's a great member of the fantasy football community, always helping people that are underfollowed, always a positive guy. So you need to make sure you're following him. If you're not already appreciate that. And everybody that's listening, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you see us on YouTube. And we hope you enjoy week one of the NFL playoffs. Talk to you all next week. See you then.